This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Spring football is over, and we have officially entered what I like to call the business season in college football. Hello. You listen to the College Football Daily. It is Wednesday, May 3rd. My name is Brandon Marcello. We're live here on location in Scottsdale, Arizona, where the Fiesta Bowl holds a summit every year. They call it the Fiesta Summit. And a lot of the Power Five and uh, Group of Five conferences hold their annual spring meetings where they go over legislation and discuss any issues or problems they might be having behind the scenes, whether it's on the football field and in the boardroom. And for that matter, a lot of conversation and a hot topic is conference realignment. And out here in Scottsdale, Arizona, these are the prominent figures on display. The Pac-12 is out here meeting with its coaches and athletic directors. The Big 12 meeting with its athletic directors and coaches. And the Mountain West Conference, the Group of Five Conference, is out here as well. In the past, the Big Ten used to be here conducting its meetings, but they decided to pull out, and they are conducting their meetings elsewhere this year. But, of course, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are not necessarily at odds right now, though I I think maybe you could say that, between their two commissioners, George Kalafkoff at Pac-12 and Brett Yormark with the Big 12, because the Big 12 has openly been going about and saying that they wouldn't mind to add some schools out west, and those schools, of course, being in the Pac-12. The Pac-12, meanwhile, is trying to stay afloat with its current membership as USC and UCLA look to leave to the Big Ten here in one year. The Pac-12, meanwhile, also exploring expansion with the likes of San Diego State among those being in the conversation. So we have these two conferences here meeting this week in Scottsdale, Arizona, and you wonder, man, if Brett Yormark and George Klavkoff bump into each other in one of the hallways here, what is that conversation like? Well, I could just tell you that they're probably trying to avoid each other right now uh, so they don't be physically at each other's throats. On here in the conference meetings here in a few moments. But news broke official confirmed dates for the college football playoffs, starting with the 2024 season, when, of course, we go to a 12-game playoff with the expansion. And a lot of the dates confirmed previously have been reported by us at 24-7 Sports as the most likely dates, and those now confirmed. And this is what it looks like. 2024 first round on-campus games. There'll be one game played on a Friday, December 20th, and then three games played on Saturday, December 21st, in the early afternoon, late afternoon, and evening. Of course, these schedules being released in an effort to get away from the NFL schedule. Remember the NFL playoffs and also the end of the regular season. The NFL dwarfs the college football and all college athletics in ratings and eyes, and so they want to avoid that as much as possible so they don't try to pull eyeballs away from the NFL, which just won't happen. The NFL is king in the ratings. The ratings are absolutely 
truly dwarf college football at this moment. Then you look at the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals being played on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. One game on New Year's Eve at the Fiesta Bowl. Then New Year's Day, the Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl being the other sites for the quarterfinals. Then you move on to the semifinals, which will be played a little over a week later, Thursday, January 9th, and Friday, January 10th. Capital One Orange Bowl in the evening on January 9th. The Cotton Bowl Classic, January 10th on a Friday. And then you have the National Championship game 10 days later, January 20th in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Interesting dates there because a lot of games being played during the week on weeknights. You're looking at four quarterfinal games all being played on weeknights, all semifinal games being played on weeknights. It's, it's a little bit different. But also, the national championship game on a Monday night, that is that is normal, always being played then. But now we have confirmed dates, so book your, book your travel if you need to. But the way it sets up, college football, 12-team playoff for now, the next two years, that's what the schedule looks like. But don't discount the idea of them moving dates around and potentially trying to find a way to play games on weekends starting in the 2026 season. Remember, this contract has only been amended, and it expires 2000, at the end of the 2025 season. This looks like... Like for now, this is kind of the placeholder. Starting in 2026, you might see things change a little bit further. So back here in Scottsdale, Arizona, for the conference meetings, the business season, as I like to call it. I'm sitting outside right now. You might actually hear birds chirping and some music playing. There's a pool down down here. I'm just burning up in the 100-degree heat. But I had to get away to try and record this uh, away from all the decision makers and everything and also probably not to get any side eyes from them as they try to conduct business inside here. Uh, a lot of newsy items, but not a lot of things really settled right now. Of course, we're all waiting to hear what's going to happen with the Pac-12 and its television rights deal. Right now, as I record this on a Tuesday afternoon, things are fairly quiet on that front. There's a lot of discussion about whether there's a, a new entity that might be in there. And by a new entity, I mean one that has been rumored. There's some, there's some mumbling going around of whether maybe NBC might be looking at potentially the Pac-12 at this moment. But nothing really confirmed on that end, the Pac-12, goodness gracious, we say it's the 11th hour, but it might be even beyond that in a lot of ways. The ADs, the presidents, the chancellors, waiting to hear something, anything about where this television deal is. But uh, remember, the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors have remained steady. They have said, we are committed to the Pac-12. We're not really looking to leave anywhere. But the Big 12 is sitting there in the wings, kind of waiting to see what happens with the Pac-12 television deal. And the thing to keep in mind here, everybody, is that once the Pac-12 does reach a television deal, how do the schools respond in the Pac-12? And by that, I mean, how quickly do they sign their grants of rights? It certainly sounds like this is going to be a short-term television deal with whatever media partner or partners it is with. And if it is short-term, these schools will be more more likely to sign it. If it's anything over five years, I think they'll be more hesitant to sign it. Sign it. Why is that big? Well, for a couple reasons. Number one, let's talk about time frame. Grant of rights deals are usually signed pretty quickly by schools because they are well informed on everything already going into it, and they sign away the grant of rights to the conference office in exchange for that television money, and they do so quickly. Now, if this is a long-term deal and not a short-term deal that's like three to five years, I think you will see, based off the conversations I've had with industry sources, that you will see some hesitation from some schools to sign that grant of rights so quickly. If that is the case, yes, 
Pac-12 presidents and chancellors are saying all the right things, saying they remain committed to the conference. But if there is any inkling of hesitation there, that is when the Big 12 will strike and try to drum up conversations more with these conference presidents and chancellors at some of these schools to see if there's any actual interest in joining the Big 12. Again, just because things are quiet and the Pac-12 conference commissioners and presidents are saying everything and they're all the right things right now, this still is very much shaky ground as we still wait to hear what this television deal is. Will everybody be happy when it is presented to them? And the ADs, again, still meeting this week as we record this, nothing substantial has come from that. Another thing to keep in mind here is ESPN is always part of the equation. They're obviously part of the equation right now with the college football playoff going in the future. Stories now kind of coming out right now on the business side of ESPN's plans for the future for its main network, that being ESPN. And the plan is, is for ESPN to be a direct-to-consumer product. And what that means is bringing ESPN only as a streaming network. So much like a Netflix, you can't get Netflix on cable television, obviously, but much like that, ESPN wants to break that off and make ESPN and all of its networks and and, and shows as a direct-to-consumer product that would just be an app, so to speak. Much like ESPN Plus is right now, they want to bring their entire network over to that. What's the time frame on that? We're talking years, and there's no set timeline on that. In fact, the latest report, uh, quoting ESPN chairman Jimmy Pataro, saying that they will go to a stream only future. He says it is inevitable. Some numbers to really keep in mind here is that ESPN Plus, while very successful from the standpoint of subscribers and everything, they lost $400 million in the last fiscal year. ESPN Plus did. ESPN, ESPN Plus has 25 million subscribers, but the only average price from each subscriber is $5.53. Remember, ESPN Plus is about $10 per subscriber, but a lot of these guys, they get discounts and obviously they bundle it with Disney and Hulu. In fact, 39% that subscribe to ESPN Plus do so without a bundle. So 61% of subscribers are getting discounts through a bundle, whether it's through Disney Plus or other factors. ESPN Plus viewership was up 53% in 2022. So does ESPN and ESPN Plus show any signs of life and trying to get Pac-12 packaged there? Well, that has certainly cooled over the last four to five months, I'm told. And surprisingly, it doesn't look like that if ESPN is involved in the Pac-12 television deal, it would be anything more substantial than as a second tier or third tier package, which is going to be very disappointing for the Pac-12 if they're not able to sign up a really big deal with one of the other networks. Also remember, ESPN is in a position where they want to renegotiate or they're about to enter negotiating windows with other leagues, including the NBA. The NBA and ESPN have a longstanding relationship. The NBA also has a longstanding relationship with with Warner Brothers, which is now Warner Discovery. And ESPN wants to put NBA games on ESPN Plus only at some point in 2025 and beyond. And that's probably going to cost them quite a bit of money, more money than they're spending right now. So... How does that affect the Pac-12 deal? I think it could affect them drastically. But also consider NBC. NBC is in a position now where they got to worry about inventory of its own with them losing games. But also, look here in the future. They're really diving in on, on the Big Ten. WWE, the, the wrestling organization, as everybody knows. But WWE was just bought out by Endeavor, and there's some discussions there about the end of its TV deal and what they might do in the future. And NBC it could potentially lose that, and if doing so, would lose a lot of original content on their app, the Peacock app, but also live events on their other networks, including USA Network. Much more from Scottsdale, Arizona, after these messages.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here in Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Fiesta Summit, where the Pac-12 and Big 12 and Mountain West are meeting, I got to catch up with several coaches here, uh, discussing just some things off the field, recruiting, transfer portal windows, and of course, even just this upcoming season. A lot, the hot topic of t- discussing things with these these coaches, including Todd Berry, the uh, director of the American Football Coaches Association, is the changes in for the clock upcoming this upcoming season, which you guys can go find information that on 247sports.com. But the, the, the long story short of it is that the average amount of plays that are expected to be cut down is seven plays per game. They want limited contact. They want less hits for players so that their bodies don't wear out. At least that's the, the theory out there. At least that's what their, their belief. But this is going to change the way coaches go about coaching in games and preparing their offenses. And Todd Berry told me that every coach he has spoken to, or for the most part, uh, that already runs hurry-up, up-tempo offenses, say that they're just going to go faster because they're going to try and make up for lost time. They're going to try and get more plays into games in that shorter amount of time because the clock is going to continue to run in these games after first downs, and that's going to cut down plays. So these coaches are going to want to run more. It's going to lead to up more up-tempo offenses, they believe. But if you you look back in 2006, actually, a lot of teams slowed things down because they decided, hey, if we're not going to have this many seven, we're going to have seven plays less than we did in previous seasons per game. Let's play keep away. Let's play some defensive football. So you could potentially see some teams doing that. One team that pops in mind right now would be Alabama, especially with the quarterback questions they've got right there and a strong running back core and a really stellar offensive line coming back. Maybe Alabama gets back to that murder ball. I'm interested to see kind of what happens here later this week, particularly on Thursday and then exiting on Friday. Do we see any finality from the Pac-12 with this television deal? And for that matter, does Pac-12 Commissioner George Kalafkoff agree to speak publicly to any of us here reporters as we congregate in the hotel lobby as things have really soured? in the Pac-12. Meanwhile, Brett Yormark, the new commissioner for the Big 12, who's only been on the job here for less than a year, remains pretty aggressive and forward-thinking with other ideas. Uh, This week it was released that the Big 12 is exploring playing basketball and football games in Mexico City. Not a lot of coaches in the Big 12, at least those the handful I've talked to so far, are really in love with the idea because mainly it takes away a home game and it takes away gate receipts and it takes away obviously the home crowd advantage for you that's a big issue also what's the money payout look like is there extra money in it or is this just a play by the big 12's new commissioner brett yormark who's very aggressive and trying new things in fact he's going to hold basketball exhibitions and kind of pick up games for college basketball uh, up in brooklyn here pretty soon 
but he wants to expand football down in Mexico City, which the coaches are kind of on board with from the standpoint of like expanding the reach, but when a push comes to shove, none of these teams want to give up a home game. And some coaches and ADs for that matter, including UCF's AD, has expressed that maybe we try and go get a 13th game waiver. Maybe we look at trying to play 13 games in a regular season by getting a waiver that's similar to what teams were able to do in the past by playing Hawaii. Because that's a, such a long trip that it allows them to add a 13th game to their schedule because it's such a long trip. Can they get that? Or would they just have to give up a home game instead to go play in Mexico? I don't think a lot of these coaches, and for that matter, the ADs, want to give up a home game and give up all those gate receipts and probably, for that matter, upset a lot of alumni. So, Brett Yormark, again, aggressive guy, forward thinker, a lot of creative ideas, but getting a little bit of pushback on that. But we'll see if it happens. It certainly looks like it's moving that direction. You could potentially see basketball games and football games Big 12 being played in Mexico City starting as early as 2025. Fascinating to watch. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the College Football Daily, live from Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm Brandon Marcello. We'll see you down the road. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.